0: Well, there were more positive signs for the US economy overnight, with initial jobless claims at an all-time low... Of course, that is all just going to heap the pressure on prices. But the Fed is still sitting tight despite more calls for faster tightening. One dovish Fed member has now joined the calls for faster moves. But will it happen? Meanwhile, the Kiwi dollar has been hit hard by a quarter percent rise by the RBNZ. We'll look at why there's been such a sharp response and why oil is down today. Well, we can certainly expect some volatility, can't we? As OPEC takes on their customers. How dare they dip into their reserves? It's Thursday, the 25th of November, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Happy Thanksgiving. Unless you're Turkey, of course. Well, another ho-hum day for equities in the US. The Nasdaq is up again but only a bit over 0.1%. The S&P 500 pretty flat. The Dow down 0.2%. In the UK, the FTSE 100 is up 0.3%. The Eurostox 50 is down 0.2%. And oil's fallen a bit but nowhere near compensating for yesterday's gains. Brent and WTI both down around a quarter percent. The US dollar meanwhile continues to rise. It's up another 0.4%. The DXY index almost at 97 now, which is a 16-month high. The Aussie and the Euro are down around half a percent the pound down 0.4 percent the new zealand dollar has lost 1.3 percent this morning it just kept falling overnight their 10-year bond yields are down five basis points too but they're at 2.53 percent elsewhere moves have been very slight on bonds only plus or minus one basis point across europe and for the us as well for 10 years but at the short end yields in the us are rising two years are up three basis points for example almost to 0.64 percent which is the highest they've been since the pandemic started so let's pick up where we left off yesterday uh, with tapas strickland from nab in sydney we were talking yesterday tapas about how the situation in europe perhaps wasn't as grim as we were making out the pmis were strong since then french business confidence has come in higher than expected uh the german ifo okay that was down a little and if, look if we count the uk as part of europe CBI industrial orders, the, the numbers were at a pandemic high from 9 last time up to 26, which is twice what was expected. So they're looking good, but also, you know, a swathe of, uh, of good news coming from the United States as well. It's been a day of positive data by and large, hasn't it?
1: A uh, very positive day for data, especially in the US. Uh, when, you, mm. s- when you look at the headlines, you see jobless claims at the lowest level since November 1969, yeah. which uh, tells you something about the strength in the labour market, although that may have been obviously a little bit exaggerated by some of the favourable seasonal factors there. But I think it does tell you that going into Q4 and uh, into Q1 next year, uh, the economy, at least in the US, is looking very strong. Uh, In Europe, uh, the possibility of those tighter restrictions coming in in some countries, particularly in Austria, the Netherlands, uh, Germany and Denmark, does have the potential to slow activity a little bit. And Notably, that won't necessarily be picked up in the survey data at the moment. It will probably be picked up in next month's survey data. So in terms of how that's playing out, in terms of the U.S. dollar, it's, it's, it's quite clear that the U.S. dollar is getting a um, bid. It's, it's almost a nice, perfect storm for the U.S. dollar, really. You have an element of the U.S. outperforming the rest of the world which is helping to drive U.S. rates higher. And then you also have the concerns around COVID as well mm. um, in, in Europe as well. So you've got two factors there that are helping to support the U.S. dollar, which on the DXY I think is at a 16-month high now.
0: Yeah. Well, it's bizarre, isn't it? Because they have they have COVID too in the United States. They just seem less concerned about it. So they're reacting less to it. But the numbers are still there, aren't they? But perhaps not as bad as, uh, as, as uh, we've been seeing in Austria and, and Germany. But look, consumption is up, isn't it? That's the interesting thing in the United States now. They're starting to spend money. Uh, so we had uh, a, a personal income is up 0.5%, but personal spending is up 1.3%. Uh, presumably that means they're dipping into their savings a bit. Whatever it is, it, it shows there's a lot of confidence. That's uh, not going uh, to help to stall inflation, is it, if, if demand is there, but we've still got these supply constraints. It's just going to make the situation worse, isn't it? Yeah, very,
1: very strong demand going into the Christmas spending, and just worth noting both income and spending were uh, above Expectations there, and as far as savings is concerned, the savings rate, the implied savings rate in the US, is now back to pre-pandemic levels. So um, it doesn't look like consumers are yet dipping into, or at least lowering the rate that they're saving in order to to, to consume. So household incomes are actually relatively buoyant in. This period, which which is also a little bit un, unusual there. Um, the concerns around inflation are definitely still there. And we got a final print of the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index. And the five to 10-year inflation expectation rose uh, to, to, to 3% there. Um, so it does suggest consumers are a little bit more concerned about the inflation outlook, but at the moment doesn't really seem to be impacting on their willingness to spend. Yeah.
0: But, you know, a lot of people are concerned, aren't they? So Larry Summers, who through all of this has been uh, really dissing the Fed, hasn't he? That, uh, you know, they're handling it badly. The former U.S. Treasury Secretary, of course, uh, today again saying that, you know, they've got an overheating economy. The Fed knows it, he says. How are they going to land softly He's been saying they've been ignoring inflation at their peril for a long time, but he's not alone in that, is he? And in fact, more Fed members seem to be coming over to the side of saying, look, we've got to do more and we've got to do it quickly. I think that is what has changed over the past
1: two months. You're definitely seeing more Fed officials coming out, mooting the possibility that they need to hike at least once in 2022 and also that they uh, may accelerate The taper and uh, of significance today, we've got the Fed's daily, and she's uh, on the FOMC, uh, the head of the San Francisco Fed. And the reason why she's important is that she's probably one of the most dovish of the FOMC members. So even uh, she can see the case uh, to accelerate the the asset. tapering, and also um, for the case to raise uh, rates at the end of next year. And for her, the key thing, and this is going back to the point that you made earlier, Phil, in terms of the inflation numbers, the lifting inflation in the US has been a lot more persistent than most of the FOMC were expecting. And I think the most recent CPI – really shocked uh, many members of the fed just given the breadth of price increases uh, that were going on across a number of different categories there
0: and it's likely to stick around if we you know believe expectations so the michigan 5 year inflation expectation is still uh, still at 3% you know that's quite a way out
1: and uh, the the trend the transitory components that the fed uh, has previously been been pointing to i think have still good reason for being transitory but they're going to be persisting for a lot longer than what many people had thought and the two Two factors really there are the COVID-19 situation obviously picking up in Europe. Uh, the retightening of restrictions has the potential to disrupt supply chains in Europe, as well as that China continues to pursue a zero COVID strategy and so continues to lock down regional areas whenever there is a COVID case. And it doesn't look like China is going to deviate from that COVID zero policy until probably the middle of next year once they've rolled out their booster program. And then the second factor is the tilt from goods to services. Uh, it's, it's starting to play out, but that has taken a little bit longer than uh, most people expected, including myself. And you are starting to see a few indicators in a number of different countries, such as UK and Canada, that you're starting to see goods demand normalize back to pre pandemic levels. And you're starting to see services demand uh, pick up as well. So if you do get a little bit of retracement in goods demand, uh, then you're likely to see a little bit of easing up in some of those uh, supply chain bottlenecks that are going on around the world.
0: I think you said the magic word in there and that's booster. I think the third jab, you know, there's a lot of evidence now that the uh, immunity that you're granted from the booster is that much more than you're getting from from, from two jabs. So as uh, boosters get rolled out, there'll be more consumer confidence and uh, hopefully, you know, less of these, this supply chain disruption. But I, I'm assuming the supply chain disruption, is why we had disappointing durable goods orders in the in the United States down down for the second month in a row. So that was really the only bad number that we were seeing out of the United States.
1: Oh, uh, in, 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 indeed. And if you actually looked at core, core orders, they were actually take, take out the airplanes. Uh, they're always confused uh,
0: aer- by air- aircraft, aren't they? Because they're so bloody expensive. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like when like you look at the data overall, and it's incredibly. Incredibly strong. And one way to summarize all, all of the data that came out in the US is looking at the Atlanta Fed's GDP now tracker for Q4 GDP. And that rose to 8.6% annualized uh, from 8.2% en- um, annualized. And that's well up on what uh, the uh, second read of uh, Q3 GDP was that came out uh, last night which was 2.1 percent annualized yeah so it looks like there has been a reacceleration in in activity in but the- that
0: GDP now inflation track I mean over eight percent I mean that is a real concern isn't it so I mean has Larry Summers got, got a point that they, you know there's a real worry that this could run out of control and in his words it's going to be difficult to find a soft landing I mean do, do they really need to be doing more right now it's definitely a concern
1: and uh, that's probably one of the Biggest risk out there is that central banks start responding more aggressively uh, to uh, the rise of inflation. And indeed, when you look at market pricing, markets are pretty much already there. So you look at market pricing for the U.S., Federal Reserve, uh, it's almost three rate hikes price for next year. And the mm. first one is almost fully priced by May next year. So it does look like markets are, are already there and really just waiting for s- central banks to, to to catch up to the
0: inflation outlook. Well, it looks like the RBNZ might be having five next year, doesn't it? So they, uh, it wasn't a surprise. I mean, there was the question about whether they'd go for the half percent. They went for the quarter percent yesterday. Uh, so they're at uh, three quarters of one percent. Now they're going to get up to 2% or more by the end of next year. So that would mean five more quarter percent rises and possibly not stopping there. So that's had a marked impact on on bond yields. And also look at what it's done to the Kiwi dollar.
1: Yeah, the Kiwi dollar um, absolutely cratered after the RBNZ meeting. And I think it just is reflective of where positioning was in the market at the time when we went into the meeting, I think there was a forty percent chance priced in of a fifty basis point move, and obviously the had raised rates by twenty five basis points. So I think a lot of the moves in Kiwi, in Kiwi rates and in the in the New Zealand dollar itself was um, just a reversal of uh, the elevated pricing that was in place uh, prior to the meeting there. And I think most people um, are are expecting the RPNZ to be relatively aggressive in their hiking cycle.
0: And I've said it before, I still don't get it. You know, it's all, if it's supply driven, is this approach actually going to work? Because, uh, you know, that's the real cause of inflation. It's the same around the world.
1: Uh, Well, I I guess it's similar to uh, our discussions um, earlier in the month regarding the Bank of England. Um, It's just you need to reduce the amount of aggregate demand in the economy because aggregate supply is just lower than it was prior to the pandemic, or at least the rate of growth of aggregate supply. Um, What is interesting, though, um, New Zealand has indicated that it will start to reopen its international border from January, um, so reopening to Australians, and then in April next year, uh, reopening to the rest of the world to fully vaccinated travellers, and maybe that helps to alleviate some of the cost pressures that are going on in New Zealand. Yeah,
0: because you're not buying stuff that you have to import, you're just uh, spending all your money on holidays. You could also spend your money on a house, which of course is a problem in uh, in New zealand but we it's uh it's we're starting to see it picking up again aren't we in uh, in the united states as well so uh you know i guess that's one way if you see inflation rising buy a house uh, so, Although house prices are up 17.5% on average in the United States uh, compared to a, to a year ago. So, I mean, that's a bit of a concern. Too.
1: Oh, definitely. And in fact, everywhere around the world, house prices are well up um, in, mm-hmm. in, in the magnitude of 15 to 25%. And really, that can be almost fully accounted for for the decline in rates uh, since 2019. Um, so as you start to yep. normalise policy, um, then... Theor- totally the theoretical not. purchasing yeah. power starts to fall. And um, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how those dynamics uh, start to play out in the well, back end of 2022. I mean,
0: because we are. In uncharted waters, it's still a mystery, isn't it, as to where we really go. We can have theories. Look, oil, uh, That's another thing. You know, where's that all going? It's finally down today. Uh, not probably because of uh, countries saying they're going to dip into their reserves, which... It's great news for producers, of course, (laughs) because it reduces your negotiating power. If you do it too much, of course, Uh, but uh, inventories in the US, uh, they're expected to be uh, to to, to to be down. Uh, But they're actually by about half a million barrels, but actually up one million. So that suggests there's a little less demand, which always helps keep the price down. But just a transitory thing, I guess, to use that word again.
1: Uh, Yeah. And I guess the bigger factor around oil is exactly what OPEC does in reaction to the strategic petroleum reserve releases that have been going on. Uh, And I think OPEC meets in, I think, next week or the week after. So it'll be interesting to see exactly where they square out around that.
0: That's right. If you're going to release more, we're going to release less. Uh, Yeah, no one's going to win from that. Now, no surprise, it looks like Olaf Scholz will be uh, Germany's next chancellor. He's moving up from the finance minister, so they've got a a three-party alliance, we we learned overnight. Uh, I do wonder how that's going to work out for Germany. Anyway, today uh, we get private capex for Australia. We get New Zealand's trade balance and uh, German consumer confidence. I think that's about it. So after a fairly busy couple of days, it's fairly quiet yeah. today, isn't that? Plus the fact, of course, it's Thanksgiving in the in the United States as well. So stock markets are closed. Uh, obviously... FX and bond markets still trading. Just don't get cranberry sauce on your on your keyboard. But otherwise, fairly quiet, isn't oh, it? Yes, it's
1: fairly quiet in, in Australia. We did get uh, the the capex data and another read on ABS weekly payrolls. Um, so the capex data is for q3 and it's going to be some more data just given um we had lockdown restrictions in many parts of australia in q3 so i think the more important bit of data will actually be the abs payrolls and it's data up to the 30th of october so that should show a pretty sharp rebound occurring in the labor market and uh, it, sh- it should show that at least in new south wales which eased lockdown restrictions a little bit earlier that um just how sharp the recovery has been uh, that we have seen a number of different indicators out there Uh, and uh, just worth noting also we get ECB minutes and a few more ECB speakers out tonight so maybe there'll be a few sound bites there as well
0: yeah all right very good okay thanks tapas cheers Uh, thanks phil i wouldn't mind a thanksgiving lunch today. do they do it the same as christmas do they have all the trimmings do they have the roast potatoes and the pigs in blankets and all that sort of stuff i'm just getting hungry thinking about it even though it's so early in the morning that's it for today i'm phil dobby for NAB. we're back again tomorrow morning i'll see you then thanks for listening